Hey, it's Pastor Kevin here. I just want to say thanks for stopping by and listening to Thrive Church's messages online today. We're excited that you have decided to join us in hearing God's Word. It's been amazing the past six and a half years what God has done at Thrive Church. We've been able to do ministry at what I call the speed of God, to see God do amazing things. We've been able to to launch multiple locations and also plant another church even in our own community that's autonomous. We've been able to give to missions. We've been able to help build houses and build churches around the world. We've even blessed church plants here in the metro Richmond area. And we've been able to do all this because of your generosity. We've been able to do ministry at what I call the speed of God. And so what we're doing from now until the end of the year, we're doing something called the Accelerate Offering, and you'll hear about that. And what that means is this. Someone asked me the other day about the vision for Thrive Church. I began to share the vision of Thrive Church, and then they asked me, when will this be accomplished, you think? And I had to pause, and I said, you know what? We will never be able to outrun our resources and do what God's called us to do without the proper resources. And so we're asking um, each attendee attendee or, or, or person that's listening today online, here's what we're asking. We're asking that you would pray and ask God how you could help accelerate the vision of God for 2019. We're asking you to pray and ask God to move on your heart on what you should do. We're only able to do what we do because of generosity. And we've been a generous church because we have generous people in our church. And so we believe that our best year is ahead of us in 2019. We believe that God wants to do amazing things. We saw 68 people water baptized in 2018. We believe God wants to do more in 2019. We believe that God wants to help other church plants and help missionaries around the world. And that's going to happen by us all engaging the mission of God by generosity. So if you will, stop by www.thrivechurch.me. That's thrivechurch.me. And there's different ways you can give. And I want you to pray about partnering with this ministry so people can hear about Jesus around the world. Well, I hope you enjoy today's message. And I pray that it encourages you and it blesses you as you continue to take next steps in your faith journey. Morning, Thrive Church. How are we doing this morning? All right, man, it's good to have you guys with us today. Uh, if you have your copy of God's Word, you can go ahead and turn to Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. That's Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. There were uh, two salesmen sent to the Congo from a shoe manufacturer. The first salesman gets there, and when he gets there, he noticed that in this village, no one had shoes. So he sends back to the shoe manufacturer, he said, there's no prospect here, send me home, this is not good for us, nobody has shoes. Well, the second salesman comes in, and he says, send all the shoes you can, nobody has shoes here. One person saw opportunity, another person saw obstacle with the same situation. It was all about their perspective, right? Uh, And many times in life, it is our perspective that determines what we see. We're in a series right now called Broken to Bless, and here's what we've done. We've been looking at relationships from a multidimensional angle, not, not just at one angle of marriage or one angle of this or that, but we talked about friendship in week one. Remember I told you that you may be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. Uh, week two, we talked about social media and about relationships on there because that's one of the largest nations in the world if it was considered a nation due to the amount of people interacting on a daily basis. Uh, we talked about divorce and if you've went through the pain of divorce, how to get past that in week three. 
Last week, we talked about marriage and the one great destroyer of marriage. And today, what I want to talk to you about on Thanksgiving weekend is actually singleness. Now, before you check out on me, if you're not single in here, listen closely. If you're not single, let's say you're married and you're like, well, this is not relevant to me. Let me help you because number one, I'm going to talk about perspective and this will be key for you. But number two, you've got friends or people in your life who are single. And if, if you're really smart, you'll take good notes and you can drop wisdom bombs on them the whole time because they're probably struggling with one of these areas we're going to talk about. Or maybe today you are single in here and you have probably felt sometimes like a second-class citizen. I had one person tell me uh, during one of our just complete marriage series that says, you know, it really is tough to come to a marriage series because I'm not married. And every time I come, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. I don't feel like I'm part of the community due to that. So that's why we did the series called Broken to Blessed because we're all broken people and our goal is to be blessed in all of our relationships. And so today, if you have uh, your connection card with you, write down the big idea. This is what we're going to unpack all day. And you can insert where it says single. You can insert anything you want to in there. But you will fail in being single with the wrong perspective. You will fail in being single with the wrong perspective. Now you could, you could put anything you want to where it says single because perspective is the key. As a matter of fact, today what we're going to look at in Ecclesiastes, um, we're going to look at King Solomon, who was considered by God the wisest guy ever. He was a real wise guy. And so, uh, nobody got that one this Thanksgiving weekend. You got a turkey hangover. And so, uh, Solomon actually wrote a trilogy of books in the Bible. He was considered, again, the wisest guy ever by God. He was a king. He wrote the Song of Solomon as a young man. It was all about love and relationships. And he was just like all about this girl, right? We actually did a series on that last year. Uh, then he wrote in his middle-aged life, he wrote Proverbs, which are all like just, it's just wisdom. And it's like in tweet formats. So if you imagine 140 characters, that's all you get. It's just saying after saying after saying. And here's what I say. A proverb a day will keep ignorance away. If you read one proverb a day. He wrote that. Full of wisdom. But Ecclesiastes is what I like to call the Eeyore of the Bible. Does anybody remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Remember him? Well, now at Solomon, at the end of his life, here's what's happened. He has not listened to God. God gave him strict outlines of how to lead properly as a king, and he didn't listen. He literally just went through disobeying everything God told him to do. He's going to do his own thing. And he didn't, he married over 700 women. That's the first mistake, right? And they were all his wives. I mean, I can barely handle one wife. And uh, she's not here today. She's working, so I can say that. And she's not here. I could imagine 700. Uh, Solomon set up false gods in the Jewish temple and began to worship them. Solomon began to stray. You know what's interesting about Solomon? He was the only king without a prophet in his life, too. David had Nathan and, and David had Samuel and Saul had Samuel and Solomon didn't have anybody speaking into his life to say, hey man, you're making a big mistake. And by the end of his life, he had made such bad mistakes. Here's what Ecclesiastes literally like is about. If you're depressed, don't read Ecclesiastes. What's the point of life? Literally, Ecclesiastes is like, so what? And dot, 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 like, yeah, and, I mean, the richest man in the world had everything, and he gets to the end of his life, and he just writes about, what's the meaning, what's the point of having all this? He had strayed so far from God. 
And in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, he writes a very familiar passage. As a matter of fact, if you know classic rock, you'll understand this, um, this, this uh, immediately. You'll know that's where they got it from. But, he all, but also in Ecclesiastes, he gives perspective about life because now he's experienced all of life. And I want you to look at what is said and what he writes in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. He says, for everything there is a season, turn, turn, turn. You remember the song now, right? It actually, they got it from here. Um, a time for every activity under heaven. Now watch this in verse 2. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. He writes that there's a time to kill and there's a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and there's a time to laugh. A time to grieve and there's a time to dance. I don't like dancing. I'm not sure I need to interject something else in there, right? <laughs> a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and there's also a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. I swear it's not too late. No, that's not in there. But that's from the song, if you remember. But what Solomon is doing there is he opens up by saying there's a, there is a purpose in every season that goes on. Now him being an older man, he can look back and see the seasons of life. If you think about your life, it's almost like a book with chapters in it. If you're young in here, you're probably in the first chapter of life, right? Um, but as you get older, you see chapters. You can think about that season of life and what that was. And when you look back, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can see how God actually worked in your life during that season. You can say, oh yeah, now I see it. One of the problems that, that we run into... It's during seasons or chapters of our life, we don't understand the purpose that God has for us in that season. And whether you're single or not, this applies to everyone in here. Here's what happens. We begin asking the wrong questions during that season. For instance, you will ask God, why? Why am I going through this? That's for the Lord to know, right? That's the wrong question. Why is this happening to me? Or if you're single, why am I single for so long? Why am I facing this? When here's the right question to ask, because in life, listen to me, if you learn to ask the right questions, you'll get the right answers. Many times we don't get the answers we're looking for because we're not asking the right questions. And so the right question is this, God, what are you doing in me? And who do you want me to become? Especially if you're single. But for all of us, what are you doing in me during this season? What type of person do you want me to become? It's not why am I going through, through this, but what are you doing in me in this season? Because the truth of the matter, especially if you're single, it's not about finding Mr. or Mrs. Right. It's about you becoming the best Mr. or Mrs. Right you can. And here's why. Because you'll always attract who you are, not what you want. In life, you've heard birds of a feather flock together. In life, you will attract who you are, not what you want. And so that's why in a season that you're in, especially if it's singleness, you want to become all that God has for you. You want to dig in. You want to read. You want to study. You want to work on your baggage. When you get into a relationship, that's not time to start sorting through baggage, baby. Right? 
It's not time to start, start sorting, sorting through dirty laundry. You want to work on all that as you can. And if you're not single in here, whatever season of life that you're in right now, maybe you're facing something that's a challenge, you want to say, God, what are you doing in me right now? What are you trying to shape me as? And then when you get through that season, you'll see what, what, what type of person God has made. You'll look back and say, man, who was that person three chapters ago? I don't even recognize them anymore. And that's where we have to realize that God has a purpose in every season. And if you're single, you're not a second-class citizen. You're not on the bench waiting for God to put you in the game of life and to use you. Matter of fact, do you understand that singles have impacted history greatly? And think about this, single women. Think about this if you're a single female in here. Number one, when you think about singles, Florence Nightingale comes to mind. Right? And so her whole thing was, I want to be defined by God to be used in some way for his kingdom. And what that meant for her during the Crimean War, she organized nurses. She began to, uh, to, to really bring that to the forefront. And she's known as kind of the mother or the founder of modern day nursing. When you also think about single women who impacted the world, Mother Teresa comes to mind. She spent her whole life helping suffering humanity, especially those with leprosy. And in 1970, she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. That's a pretty big deal, right? I don't think any of us have gotten to that point yet. If you're still looking for singles to emulate and think about who has God used, Susan B. Anthony comes to mind, who grew up in a Quaker family who had a faith in Jesus and she helped against, against slavery. She fought against that and also made great progress for women's suffrage and women's rights. All women, all single, and all followers of faith. Every one of them. And so if you're in that season day and you're thinking, man, how can God use me? No matter where you're at, understand that he has used single women to impact history sometimes more than married people before. As a matter of fact, in my story, you may think, well, this guy's married. What does he know? Well, um, I was single from age 17 to 24. And when I say single, I don't mean I tried to date some people and we tried to talk on the phone and we tried, it didn't work. I, I, I literally, like I got saved at 19 years old. I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, before that, I was way out there. And for five straight years, I focused on just the Lord. I focused on just following him, just reading the scriptures, learning as much as I can about Jesus, developing a prayer life, growing. I even studied about marriage. My mentor, he gave me like marriage books because I wanted to know all I could about relationships before I ever got into it. And I worked so hard on that. And during that season, a couple things happened. Number one, God did shape me. I really believe that God, you know, shaped the core of who I am today. A lot of foundations were built in my life. But number two, can I be honest? It was Christians who discouraged me the most. It was people like, well, hey, you're 23 years old. Why aren't you, you know, you found anybody yet? Something wrong with you? Why haven't you done this yet? And I felt so bad all the time. I was like, well, wow, I thought I was doing pretty good. I thought I was following Jesus. I mean, I'm like doing, you know, I'm like, you know, teaching and doing all this stuff for the Lord. Why is it that I, you know, what's, what's wrong? And so I always felt like something was wrong with me by well-meaning believers. Nothing wrong um, with those people, but they didn't understand that they were actually doing more harm than good in my life. I was trying to become that person. I looked at that season and that shaped me. See, your seasons uh, matter in life. And today what I want to do is help you have perspective. That's one of the keys in life is perspective. And so our next step, here's what we do every week. If you're new to Thrive, we want you to live out your faith Monday through Saturday. It's not enough to come to church and say, that was a good sermon. Oh, that was great. And then the rest of the week, you forget it. Our goal is, is that you keep taking next steps. And so here's the next step I want you to take. 
Write this in your notes. See singleness as God sees it. See singleness as God sees it. But insert where it says singleness. If you're not single and you're checked out and thinking about that leftover turkey you're going to eat in a few minutes, I want you to insert, see your job loss as God sees it. See your failure in this area as God sees it. Whatever you're facing in life, see it as God sees it. And if you're single, can I encourage you? Learn to see it as God sees it. Because many times we view it like humans view it or like culture views it. And we think, man, we are deficient. And I want you to know here at Thrive Church that if you're single, you're not second class and you're not deficient. You're in a season that God has for you in your life. And so what I want to do today, uh, you can write this in your notes. There's four perspectives, four views about how God views singleness. Four views. And here's the first one. Singleness is a gift from God. Singleness is a gift from God. Yeah, you're not cursed. There's nothing wrong with you if you're single. And in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul writes, like, if you want to learn all about, like, God's view on relationships and what God views, not what culture views, not what you view, but what God views about it and all this different, these different things, 1 Corinthians 7 is the key. And so here's what he writes in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7. He says, but I wish everyone were single just as I am. Guess who else was single? The Apostle Paul, who made such great impact for the kingdom. He says, yet each person, person has a special gift from God one of one kind or another. So understand that singleness is a gift from God. The season that you're in is actually a gift that God's trying to do something in you. If you're single, stop viewing that as a curse. View that as a gift from God where he's trying to work in your life and trying to shape you to help you become all that he wants you to be. Here's the the second perspective. Singleness has its benefits. Singleness has its benefits. Now, time out. Because some of y'all are thinking about the wrong benefits. It's not about keeping your options open. It's not about friends with benefits. Don't look all holy in here. That's, that's not the benefits I'm talking about. Paul gives you the follower of Jesus benefits that are much better. And here's what he says about singleness. Here's the perspective that God has. He says, however, those who get married at this time will have troubles. Married folks, can you say amen? Amen. Because sometimes when you're on the outside looking in and you're single, you think, man, if I just, if I could just get married, I'd be good. Listen, marriages that take, uh, marriages that work, take work. Marriages that work, take work. There's no autopilot marriage. It's just easy. It's all work. And and I heard one guy say it this way. I'm not saying what it is. It says, married people are trying to get single and single people are trying to get married. (laughs) I know that's not y'all, but that's what one one guy said. Uh, He says this, and I am trying to spare you those problems. So Paul was saying, look, your perspective is, it's skewed, is that if you just were married, it would solve your problems. And Paul's saying, man, you're going to have some problems. And singleness actually has benefits. There's some troubles you don't have to worry about and some things you don't have to go through. And look what else he says in verses 32 to 34. He says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. That verse there, can I tell you something, y'all? That verse saved me during singleness. That verse gave me purpose to dig in to all that God had while I was single. That one verse right there. I remember when I first read it, when I was reading you know, through the New Testament, first time ever, and I read that, and I underlined it, and I highlighted it, because it gave me so much perspective that, Lord, I can just focus on you and how to please you. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. And all of the wives said, 
right? He needs a, his interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. And Paul was trying to get the point across that there's benefits of being single. Stop thinking that it's just terrible. That you literally have time to focus on the work that God has for you during this season. That you can focus on all the things that he wants for you. I remember before, um, you know, I, I met my wife. It's been 15 and a half years and 12 and a half years married uh, now. I remember before I met her, I took that and I, I started a band, a Christian band, and toured around the nation. I didn't have a girlfriend talking about, well, what are you doing tonight? Where are you? I didn't have to worry about that. I wasn't burning up cell phone minutes in 2000 because back in 2000, cell phone minutes cost a lot, right? <laughs> and I was focused on God. I was going to college. I was working two jobs. And I was focused on the work of the Lord. So if you're single, maximize this season. Leverage it. Because the worst thing that you can do or I could do is just survive a season that God has for you without leveraging that season for what he wants to do in you. And you just get through it and say, I survived that. And God's like, I'm glad you survived it, but I wanted to do something in you. See, it has its benefits. Singleness has benefits. And here's the next one. And I want to just be real today. And the point is this, singleness is hard. Singleness is, is hard. This is the real moment of today's message and it's brought to you by the Bible. <laughs> Many times, even in a message like this, I, you can just paint a picture that singleness is just easy. It's just managed. You just, you just, just listen to Pastor Kevin's message, you'll be fine. But let's be real, it's hard. And if you've been single or maybe you're in that today, it, it, it is. And here's what it says in Genesis 2.18. It says, then the Lord God said it's not good for the man to be alone because singleness is, is, is difficult. Maybe you're a widow or widower and it's tough during the holidays. There's an empty seat there. Maybe you lost a loved one and you're just, it's tough. You, you realize all the things you did with that person and the life you had with that person. They're not there anymore. Maybe you went through a tough divorce and the family's splintered and it's tough during the holidays and you're trying to get things back on. Singleness is hard. Maybe you're young and you're single and that is super hard in this culture because they tell you that God doesn't care about sex at all and God doesn't care about sexuality. Read the Bible. I ain't got to tell you. What do you believe? You need to read the Bible and know what you believe. It is hard in our culture. And if you're a single mom in here, the single mom is having to be the dad and the mom and they're having to provide for, for, for those children and they're trying to carry the weight of that family. My wife had, uh, her mom was a single mom for 22 years that my wife was alive. A single mom with three kids. Had to work extra and do everything. Single moms, thank you for what you do. Thank you for raising these kids. Right? Thank you for, for taking on the responsibility. Singleness is hard. And I don't want to you know, present the message that, man, it's easy and you just listen to this. It's gonna be, what I want to do is help this hard season you're in a little, uh, ease a little pain and make it a little better. Understand that God has a purpose in the pain that you're going through and in that tough season. It's not easy to be single in our culture. But when you have the perspective that God has, it does help you understand the purpose of that season. And here's the fourth, fourth point. And this is the good news. Singleness is not permanent. No, no, no. I'm not saying that, that, you know, during worship, if you just look around, you're going to meet eyes with that person or during meet and greet, you know, that the sparks could fly. That's not what I'm saying. 
What I'm saying is, is that in your life, whether you're married or single, singleness is not permanent because do you understand what your role is? Let me show you in Revelation 19. Revelation 19, 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to him. That's Jesus. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. Do you know who the bride is in this? It's followers of Jesus. Do you know who the groom is? It's Jesus. And if you're widowed here, maybe you're, you lost your loved one. Do you understand that it's not permanent? The loneliness you may feel during the holidays, as good as family and friends are, it's not permanent. It's a season. Your life is just a season. Even for those of us who are married in here, your great marriage is going to be when you see Jesus. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something. When, when, when I breathe my last and I'm ushered into the presence of God, I don't want my loved ones to be the first ones I see. I've seen enough of them. I want it to be Jesus. I want it to be the Lord. I want to be like, hey, hey, look, Grandma, look, I've enjoyed your meals. It's great. I know what you're going to say. Mama, I know. Where's Jesus? Because that's who we're married to if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're a dude in here, yeah, you're going to be a bride to Jesus. That's just what it is, right? And he's the groom. But that's what we have to look forward to. And that's what you encourage yourself with to give you perspective of the season of life that is not going to be permanent. See, the key to life is perspective. It's, one, it's, it's two people looking at one situation and seeing two different angles. And when you leave here this week, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're fighting against. Single, married, indifferent, whatever. But I tell you something, you're going to have situations where you need God's perspective. And you've got to view it the way that God views it. And get scriptural perspective. And that will give you courage and strength. Matter of fact, does anybody remember like the, the, the old lady picture? Remember that picture, that illusion? You ever seen that? Here's on the screen. Um, how many of you see an old lady in this picture? Okay, only a few. How many of you see a, a, like more of a younger woman, like dread the hair? See that? How many of you see nothing? Don't know. You don't know what you're looking at. Some honest people in the house today. I have no clue what that is. All right, at least, at least you're not lying. Um, <laughs> this is an optical illusion that I remember this in school growing up. Is that you can see the old lady and see her nose there and her chin at the bottom and her mouth where that little black part is, and that's the old lady with the. And then you can look again and you see the nose of the young woman and she's looking away that way. There's two different views there. It's like Yanny and Laurel, right? <laughs> Just don't even get into that. But you can look at this one thing and every one of you have a different perspective on it. You're all seeing something different. When you leave here this week and you're faced with obstacles and you're faced with seasons and things you're going through, it's how you view it. And my prayer for you is this. Here's what I want. And, and I've literally been on my knees praying for you this week is that you would leave saying, God, help me see it like you see it. Because if I see it like you see it, I'll approach it like you approach it. And I'll maximize the season that I'm in and realize that my life has divine purpose every second of the day. Would you do that this week? Would you, when you're facing something, just pause and say, God, help me see it as you see it. And man, you're going to see scriptures come in. You're going to be scrolling on social media and man, scriptures are going to pop up. You're like, wow, the Lord is showing me that. You're going to be in your devotion time and God's going to show you that. God's going to send people your way to help give you perspective on the season that you're in.
because you don't want to waste a season. You don't want to just survive it. You want to maximize it and you want to leverage it for the kingdom. Amen. If you will, let's pray this morning. God, we ask that you would help give us the gift of perspective. Help us to see things the way that you see things from your holy scriptures. Help us to have a divine perspective during the painful seasons of life. And whether it's singleness, whether there are people who, have, um, who are widows or widowers in here, God. Those who have maybe just faced the pain of divorce. God, we pray that you would give us perspective in all of our respective situations. Help us with that. God, give us the courage once we see it to do what you've asked us to do. Today, God, we pray that you would send people our way to speak life into us. We pray that you would send the right scriptures to us, direct us to the right books of the Bible to read. And God, we commit to ask for your perspective in every situation that we're in. And as we're praying today, church, we're kind of in a mode of prayer, a sacred moment. I want to give you the opportunity if you've walked away from faith or maybe for the, you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ to follow him and serve him. Today, right where you're sitting, it's simple. Whether you've walked away or whether for the first time ever you want to come to faith in Jesus, I want you to pray this with me. And you say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe he is your son. I believe he died on the cross and rose again on the third day. I believe that he is at your right hand and he is the only way to heaven. Today, I turn from my sins and I turn to you, Jesus. Now help me see things the way that you see them. Give me your perspective. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.